With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is Chief for Yourself. Now, here's Geo. Hi, and welcome to Chief for Yourself. I'm happy you can be with us today, wherever you happen to be in the world at this moment. The minute we show up on this planet, we become the lead character in a life story that contains the kinds of twists and turns that you might find in that book that you keep next to your bed. Highs and lows, conflict, and important life lessons as well. But have you given any thought to consider what your story is about? Who's writing the script? And why you're playing a role? Or how you can use challenges to help you gather strength as you move through the chapters. Our guest today is Kim Schneiderman. She is the author of a book called Step Out of Your Story, Writing Exercises to Reframe and Transform Your Life. Kim also counsels in private practice, writes for a variety of readerships in print and online, and teaches as a professor and guest lecturer at venues including New York University. And Kim, early in the book, we'll get right to it, you write that Life is an unfolding story, and I'm sure most of us can uh, can go along with and understand that. But what does it mean to step out of your story? Sure. It means to, um, well, first of all, I ask readers to imagine themselves as a character in a novel. And then and, and to find the sort of heroic narrative in the story that they're living. And I do that by asking them to write in the third person. And what that does is it literally gives you the emotional distance to step out of your story so that you can look at it from like a broader wide angle lens. Mm. So what that means is sort of being able to see how like in the story, you know, in every story, um, there's always a, a protagonist who's trying to accomplish something and an antagonist who gets in the way. And the tension between the, the two creates um, an opportunity for the protagonist to develop and grow and um, and work on themselves, mm-hmm. right? And it determines how they evolve over the course of the story. So my, the purpose of my writing exercises is by imagining yourself as a character in a story and then using the third-person narrative, you can begin to see how the challenges in your life, both good and bad, can help you um, can become trans-stepping stones to... You know, a richer, more developed, and evolved version of yourself. Mm-hmm. And and early on, you uh, suggest the reader or the uh, framer of the story uh, develop a character sketch. Talk about how that works. Sure. So what I do is basically I walk. I do, my book offers a series of structured um, writing exercises that help that kind of walk people through their story. So I begin at the beginning of every where stories always begin, which is an exposition where you're introduced to um, the main author. I mean, sorry, you're introduced to the main characters and the setting of the story. And what I, what I ask people to do is to get a sense before they begin their journey of self-exploration, which is what my book does, is to get a sense of who they are as a character in the story. So 
I asked them to do what an author would normally do before they begin writing a book, which is to create a character sketch um, where they kind of get a holographic picture of how the, the character if, you know, would evolve throughout the storyline. And I asked people to, to apply that same idea to their own lives. Mm-hmm. So what I helped, I asked questions like, and again, it's a that you would be asking yourself these questions in the third-person narrative, like, um, what does what does the hero of your story want in the current chapter? Right? Mm-hmm. What is getting in the way? Um, what you know? What is when? What's at stake? So, who is this character? What do they want? What's getting in the way? And what's at stake? And what that does is it helps people understand what direction they're heading in. Because obviously, at the beginning of you know, I've worked with clients before, and sometimes people. They come, you know, to me in a particular, they're stuck in a particular place in their life. And if they were to continue <laughs> to move forward the way they've always done things, they're not going to really make any changes. So what I, but the purpose of this exercise is to help people pick stop and see how they might, you know, how, like to look at where they're heading and how, like what they really value in terms of what, you know, what's the, the stake of making these changes in their life. Mm-hmm. And and you you mentioned speak or working with uh, clients. I would think that today there's a lot of uh, well a lot of pressure with uh, in the job place and people losing their jobs. And when they come to you, what kind of things are you hearing about people losing their job and how do they get back on their uh, on the tracks? Sure. Well, actually, I developed the, the writing exercises that I developed for the workshop. Um, I mean, the that I developed for the book were based on workshops that I did um, in 2008 for people who had been impacted by the recession. And the purpose that I, the reason I offered, I wanted to give them a sense of their story being larger than the role that had defined them, mm-hmm. in, you know, as, in their in their work life. So, for example, a lot of people felt like, well, if, who am I if I'm not like you know, some big stockbroker. <laughs> Who mm-hmm. am I if I'm not this real estate person, you know? Mm-hmm. And what I wanted to do is to give them an opportunity to see that their narrative, that who they are as a character was a lot larger. So, um, and that how they told the story of what had happened to them made a difference because, you know, there's many, there's infinite ways to tell a story, right? And we can tell it as a, as a triumph or a tragedy depending on how, how we spin it. And some people say, well, isn't, does it matter, like, how you tell your story? And really, it so much does, because how we tell our story, especially to ourselves, affects how we feel about our story, which influences how it unfolds. So, for example, if you tell your story, if, you've got, if you're laid off and you say to yourself, like, this is just another crappy thing that happened to me in my terrible life, <laughs> you're not going to have the kind of energy and good feelings that you need to do the work to get another job. But if you can see yourself as a character in the story and that this is just another twist in your plot and that if you understand how stories work, which is that every, you know, conflict is an opportunity for the, for the character to evolve in some way, then suddenly you can step out of your story and be like, oh, wow, maybe I can use this opportunity to push myself to develop the parts of myself that are not as, you know, to develop my emotional or mental muscles in ways that haven't been developed before. For example, maybe I need to become more disciplined. 
maybe I need to be more, you know, have a bit more faith in the universe. Maybe I need to um, think about how I, whether this is the right career for me. Is it in line with what I really value? And if you can use whatever opportunity, you know, whatever challenge you have in your life as an opportunity to refine yourself in some way, then it really puts you in the author's seat of your, you know, of your story. Mm-hmm. And all, all those things you can learn about your life aside from what you do uh, have a tendency sometimes to make people balk a little bit and, and sort of uh, not really look at their greatness. Is, is that an egoic thing or conditioning or a combination of those things? What do you think? Well, I think it's how people value their worth. I think a lot of times people value what I call the external story, which is how things look, you know, what on the outside, which is, you know, the thing that you walk, if you bump into somebody that you haven't seen in a while and they ask, how are you? Say well, or what are you up to? And you tell them that your list of accomplishments. Well, I I wrote a book and I spoke on the radio, or you know, oh, I just got a new job, or I just had a child, or you know. But there's and that those things are important. But a lot of times people feel like if they're not doing something momentous, <laughs> that mm-hmm. somehow that that they can tell people about, they don't feel so valued. And what my book does is it gives value, it shifts the focus from the external story to the internal story, which is um, how we experience the subjective story, how we experience things. And valuing things like character development, that's I describe my book as a character development workout for people who like to write. So if you can, you know, if you can change something, a pattern that you've done your entire life, you know, for example, let's say every time, you know, your child spills milk on the floor, you start screaming. <laughs> and suddenly one day you decide to take a deep breath and, you know, and you see the child crying about it and you, you know, you give them a hug and you get down on the floor and you clean it up together. You've changed something meaningful about your character. And these are the things that people don't always share and talk about. And they often don't really value those important little subtle shifts that they make in themselves because maybe immediately it doesn't show results. But what I, you know, but but just being able to acknowledge that everyone has that, like, heroic self, not just, like, heroic with a capital H, (laughs) but, like, that each time that you're able to change a pattern in your life, the way that you think about something, every time that you're able to flip the script (laughs) in a manner of speaking, that you... And if you're, that you, that that's, you know, that you can be, that you can feel good about it. Mm-hmm. And of course, readers uh, will find out they don't have to be masterful in composition skills. It's really, a, it's really a simple process if you if you follow it, right? In the book, are you talking about in the book? book, yeah, yeah, yeah. The writing exercises, the writing, so the writing exercises, ex- yeah, the writing mm-hmm. exercises are very simple, and it's yeah. not designed. I talk, I say that the writing is is not like. It's not about writing well. It's really the writing is a tool for self-discovery. Um, and even though I sound, <laughs> maybe the way I'm describing it sounds a little complicated, <laughs> people who have actually read the book yeah. have, have found these exercises to be very, very clear and easy to follow. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, some of these concepts are a little bit abstract, 
But again, like I'm a writer, not a speaker. <laughs> so <laughs> when you read the book, you know, you'll You're not alone. Yeah. Of like what exactly yeah. I'm talking about. <laughs> Our guest on this Chief for Yourself is Kim Schneiderman, author of Step Out of Your Story, Writing Exercises to Reframe and Transform Your Life. You mentioned heroic scripts, and of course, I'm reminded of the uh, Joseph Campbell phrase, follow your bliss, because it seems that that's what you did. I mean, you had a sense of the importance of story at a very young age, didn't you? Yeah, I was kind of a strange kid. I would, I'm very imaginative. <laughs> like, I used to imagine that I was a character. I was read a lot, and I used to imagine that I was a character in the story. I even had this, like, alter ego called Imagine Person, which was, I have no idea why I <laughs> chose that particular alter ego. But, um, but that kind of perspective followed me into my life. And I would, sometimes when I was like stuck in, uh, in, in an old pattern, I would ask myself, like, I would kind of take a step out, you know, step back or step out of my story and say, if I were reading about this particular situation in a novel, what would I hope, what would I hope to happen? Like, what would I root for? How would I, what decisions would I want the character to make? Or, what kind of attitude would I want the character to adopt? Um, what actions would I want, you know, her to take? And then I would even go a little bit deeper and ask myself, like, if I understand that every story has a conflict and that conflict is designed to help me refine the character, how can I use this challenge or this antagonistic situation um, which could be something, by the way, good or bad. I mean, writing a book was a huge challenge for me, and obviously it was a good thing. Mm-hmm. Um, how can I use this challenge um, to grow in, in, in some way? Like, what is it teaching me? So it was a way of um, helping. And basically it was a, a way of looking at life that helped me reframe whatever experiences I was going through in a much more productive way. And, um, you know, I've only, I actually have had, you know, a lot of adversity in the last 10 years of my life. Yeah, I wanted to ask you about one of those uh, incidents in particular about your father, but go ahead. Yeah, no, I've had to definitely apply the funds to my own life. Mm -hmm. Um, In fact, it was tested after I had developed writing exercises to help people who have lost their jobs, like, you know, reframe their experience. Um, I lost, my, my dad was actually diagnosed with cancer. And he was the second person, like my mother had had cancer for 11 years and she passed away 10 years ago and we were very close. And then I had kind of begun to create a relationship with my dad and then he got sick. And um, and what, it, you know, eventually happened is I had to leave my, you know, my private practice in Manhattan and go down to Florida to become his hospice caregiver. Mm-hmm. And during the course of taking care of him, which was probably one of the most challenging things that I've ever done, and the hardest thing, we became so close, and a lot of healing took place. Um, to the extent that, like, before he died, he told me that he couldn't believe that he was still, like, learning and growing. And when I asked him, like, what are you learning? And he said... So people have found a way to love me, and I found a way to love them. Mm. Mm. And that really, you know, that really stuck with me. And and so when I tell the story of what's happened to me as I lose both of my parents, and it's sad, you know. I mean, it wasn't how I expected my story to unfold. However, I can look at it. I can read my, that story as a story, tell that story 
as a story of healing, as a story of, you know, redemption, you know, the prodigal daughter, perhaps. And so there's many ways, you know, there's many ways that I can tell that story, but telling it that way, and it's, you know, and it feels very real to me. It's not like I'm just spinning it, you know, to sound Pollyannish. It mm-hmm. feels like that was a really meaningful, I, you know, I, I want to embrace the fact that that healing related, that healing um, interaction was a, a turning point in my life. Mm-hmm. So, again, it's about helping people to um, to find a constructive way to tell their stories. Well, now, I, I was wondering, because I had a similar situation in my life with someone close to me, not in the medical caretaker part, but in the business affairs, and I felt quite a bit of resentment early on. I had that feeling of, yeah, I didn't sign on for this. I, you seem to handle your situation so very well, at least reading about it in the book. Did you feel any resentment? And if, if you did, how, how do you get through that? Well, I mean, I had more, I had, I have to tell you, I had more spiritual resentment. I was like, at first, I was just like, really, God, you know? And I, I mean, what, what, what's going on here? Come on, you've already, I lost my mother. It was like 11 years of cancer. And come on, and then actually, and then my father met someone after my mom died that I grew to love, and then she passed away from cancer. So I was just like, I was, I wasn't so resentful of him. I was just resentful of you know, God or the universe or the higher point, you know, whatever mm-hmm. life was throwing at me. I did, and but I, but that's the whole thing. Like the reason I felt like if I just, if I just stayed in resentment, um, it could just consume um, me. And I didn't want that to happen. And again, I, because I look at life, because I sort of reframe my life as an opportunity for me to evolve as a human being, and that I look at life as, you know, the purpose of life is, as being that. Um, I was looking at, I sort of reframed it as like, okay, if I were reading about this, and I could start in this story. Like, how, how can I, how, what would I appreciate about the opportunity for living here, for love and for feeling, and... You know, and how can I grow as a person? I'm actually so much stronger and so much more courageous and so much more um, compassionate. And I, and I was you know, consciously making a choice about how to handle those things. And that's, I mean, that's kind of the point of my book is that at any moment, it's really, really hard when you're stuck in, in a crisis situation to get perspective. I mean, it's very difficult. And I, you know, it's not like I'm immune from from being, from getting stuck sometimes with feeling resentment or other kinds of negative feelings. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you kind of, and it, it, it's some work, but if you can step out of your story and you can see that, and if you can look at whatever is being presented in the current chapter of your life as an opportunity to help you evolve, to become a better person, mm-hmm. then, then it's helped, that kind of a lens can help you find the silver lining narrative um, in whatever you're experiencing. And, and I realize that, you know, that can be harder to do in situations, um, like in more extreme situations, like genocide and other kinds of larger atrocities. Mm-hmm. I don't know that I would want, that <laughs> if I were writing my story, I wouldn't want to put, I wouldn't want to put myself as a character in any kind of, any sure. of those situations. Sure. And, you know, I think that there are limits to my, maybe there are limits to my perspective 
that maybe not. I mean, sometimes you read about these incredibly heroic individuals that survive all kinds of atrocities, and it's because of the way they choose to see their story. It's because of their attitude, which is basically what this is about. It's about the way that they choose to view their life or the perspective that they have on it is the way it's what helps them get through. I mean, even Victor Frankl in Man's Search for Meeting, that's what he did. You know, he looked at this as he was, you know, living through the Holocaust sure. as a horrendous experience, but he chose to use it as an opportunity to kind of study the perfect life. Mm-hmm. And that's not an easy thing to do for anybody. But what my book aims to do is to sort of serve as a guide so that people can do it, you know, who might not be able to incline like the different call, um, to, to their exercises that can help them access, like the voices of courage or the voices of trust or the voices of faith that why within themselves mm-hmm. that might be buried under other voices of resentment or voices of anger and fear. Yeah. Speak to the speak to the reader who says, "Well, I'm you know I'm casting my uh, life in a positive light, and yet it doesn't feel that way, and this this feels kind of dishonest." Oh right. Oh, this the perspective I'm presenting feels dishonest. Yeah. Well, I so there's right. So I've had people ask say that like this sounds a little Pollyannish, and you know it's kind of like it reminds me of the parable of the blind man and the elephant. You know, there's so many ways to look at life, and there's no one way is actually true. And so I'm less concerned with whether something is, you know, a true story than whether it's a constructive story. And I think, and also, there's room, like, this is not about whitewashing or glossing over painful experiences. I, so after losing my father and, and during the process of caring for him, had a tremendous amount of pain. And I still have pain of sadness and grief when I think about, you know, losing both of my parents. So this is not about glossing over. Mm-hmm. But if you look at your life as a story, every story has room for these kinds of experiences. It has room for the positive emotions and the negative emotions, the positive experiences and the negative experiences. And that you can actually, I mean, there are all kinds of studies that show that people who look back at their experiences in the third-person narrative, which is, I think, lends itself to the story perspective, mm-hmm. um, tend to look at themselves as has, having overcome obstacles as opposed to when they look at themselves in the first person, which is, you know, more like an I, like me. And when we talk about ourselves in the me or the I, we tend to be very ego, egocentric. But, um, but when we can sort of... Um, but again, like, so looking at yourself as your life as a story, you know, it, 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 the more that you allow room for both the good and the bad, that can still value the character development that happens um, over the course of the plot line. I think the, the more that you approach the truth, whatever that means. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and it's, it's, a, become, it's yeah. a subjective approach, really, isn't it? I mean, it's not so much about getting the facts in order. It's about what you're taking away as far as meaning. Absolutely. So, yeah, so thank you. So there's an inner, I like to talk about that there's an inner story and an outer story, and that the outer story is kind of like the facts of how, like, again, as I was talking about before, like what, like the things that happen to you. The inner story is how you experience them. 
Mm-hmm. And sometimes we have very little control over the things, the outer story, what happens to us. But we always have control, or almost always, always not the greatest word to use, but usually <laughs> we have control over um, the inner experience, our subjective experience, and how we choose to interpret that event. And that's where, that's where, and, and you know, how we, the inner, the subjective way, to, the inner experience for a story, the way we feel about it, the way we experience it affects, but how we feel about our story affects, um, how we tell our story affects how we feel about our story, which can affect how you, how it unfolds for reasons like I explained earlier, mm-hmm. that if you tell your story of a cancer diagnosis as an opportunity for you to, you know, get clearer about what you really value and develop like a stronger like my mother had through 11 years of cancer even though it was just that horrible thing that she was diagnosed and I wish she hadn't been <laughs> she really did look at that diagnosis as an opportunity for her to um, really get a lot stronger in herself and work on you know get clarity about what's really important to her and I think that, you know, she worked a lot on, on her marriage to my dad during that time. So I think that she really valued, in the end, valued the transformation that became possible because she had cancer. That makes lots of sense. Uh, that's, okay. that's a great story. I, re- I really enjoyed reading about that part because it, so much of it hit home for me as far as dealing with parents and end-of-life issues and things like that. And, and learning a lot about myself in the process. Where will we find you on uh, the web? Where's your website? Sure. It's stepoutofyourstory.com. Okay. And we can learn more about the book there, get the book, and also read blog posts uh, there. Yes, uh, yeah. absolutely. And I will, be, if I, don't, I will be doing a book signing in the Bay Area in Oakland, California, okay. at Barnes & Noble in Emeryville on Thursday, July 30th. All right. And for people that are interested in attending a workshop and actually this were again we've read the, the writing the book was based on a series of workshops that I've done at the 92nd Street Y and the JCC in Manhattan um, and I will be doing the workshop again at the JCC in Manhattan on October 25th alright the book is Step Out of Your Story Writing Exercises to Reframe and Transform Your Life from our guest Kim Schneiderman Kim thanks so much for uh, writing a book that really is a great help in uh, letting us take a good, honest uh, look at ourselves. And I mean honest as far as our own truth is concerned. And I I think that's uh, long overdue. So thank you for that. And uh, do come back and visit us again. I'd I'd like that. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure. All right, Kim Schneiderman. And uh, we will have a link to Kim's website, as she just mentioned, on the uh, chiefforyourself.com website. And uh, speaking of the website, been having uh, a few issues with uh, the website. I think I put on a blog post uh, well, a few weeks ago that uh, we've been hit with some uh, malware concerns. And I talked to the website folks, and it seems now that uh, the site has been scrubbed. The files have been cleaned up, or at least I'm told. I can't say that I understand a whole lot about that, but that has been taken care of. So the website issues uh, seem to be... Um, okay for now. Uh, and just as we had that happen, we had some other uh, issues with our social media sites, uh, what they call unauthorized uh, use or access. 
So it's been an interesting few weeks, but everything seems to be on the rails now. Anyway, that, what I'm saying is that we usually have uh, an advance notice as to who's on and uh, what the topic's going to be, but I've been staying away from uh, getting into the website too much for fear of exacerbating the malware situation. At least I was told uh, to kind of make sure that things were taken care of before going in and doing anything. So that is why we don't have the uh, usual pre-show notification. We'll get back to that uh, as we go along here the rest of the year and as we get more guests, we're going to do that. So just to let you know what's going on, I haven't forgotten about anyone. We're just trying to uh, make sure we do it the right way so that we can keep coming to you and keep bringing you these wonderful people and, and great content. So That's pretty much the long and the short of it, so we'll end here for today. Thanks very much for being with us. Well, and I'll talk to you soon. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.